Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Before we get into it today, I just wanted to take a second to say a massive thank you. Um, I really, really do appreciate each and every person that tunes in and listens to this podcast. Some of you I know listen every week. Some of you may be newer or maybe dip in and out here and there. It really doesn't matter. Often I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just talking into the void, talking to myself, <laughs> talking to with my dogs sort of half listening in the background. Um, but the reason that I do this podcast is part of my bigger mission I guess to try and support as many dogs and their people as I can with the knowledge that I have and with the knowledge that I have learned from other people and collaborated with friends and colleagues on and all of that good stuff so the purpose of these podcasts is to try and reach even just one person and their dog so if it's something that you enjoy listening to which I think it might be if you're here thank you really really do appreciate your support and your listening so cheers So let's think a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So this episode is about remembering that your very good, very chilled, very easy dog possibly gets stressed too sometimes. So this could be you or your dog (laughs) if you have multiple dogs like I do. So if you've got lots of dogs and you've got one that's just super easy. There was something that I saw on TikTok a few weeks ago or months ago now possibly where it was like everyone's got three dogs in their family they've got the mad one that's always doing crazy things they've got the one that's very naughty in quote marks (laughs) and then they've got the the golden child right um I don't know if I would necessarily agree with all of those stereotypes but I've certainly got a golden child. I have a dog who is the easiest dog in the world. She's very patient. She's very kind. She's very easy. Um, She's not a dog that would whine at me or cry at me unless she really, really needed something. So I have to be quite careful to make sure all of her needs are met because she would never ask for anything. I can take her anywhere. I can do anything with her. I can touch her. I can take her to the vet. She used to be a blood donor. She just lay there. So she's very, very easy in all respects and just a gorgeous, gorgeous being. So I have to be a little bit careful to remember that just because she's super easy, it doesn't mean that she never gets stressed out or she never gets worried by things. She may not show it necessarily as much as some of my other dogs might, but she still feels it sometimes because she is a living being and we all feel like that sometimes. So it may be that you have multiple dogs like I do and you have that one dog that's super easy. Or it could be that you only have one dog and your dog is super easy. And maybe you listen to podcasts like this where we talk quite often about helping and supporting dogs that struggle quite a lot in the world. Or maybe you're a member of other groups and other you know, courses and memberships where quite a lot of the focus is on supporting those dogs that are really struggling outwardly and obviously. Um, And you think, well, actually, my dog doesn't struggle um, relatively easy for the most part. There's just some things that we'd like to learn together. That's amazing. That's brilliant that your dog is 
really relaxed and at ease in the world. Fantastic. However, still, at some points in their life, they will feel stressed out, worried, upset, depressed, low, whatever it might be, just like you and I. So you may be someone that has never experienced I don't know, anxiety, you've never been particularly anxious. However, I'm sure you can remember times in your life where you were anxious. It might have been for a short amount of time, maybe before an important interview or something like that. Or it could have been a longer period of time where something was ongoing for a couple of weeks or months or longer. And you were like, gosh, that was a really stressful time. I'm glad I'm not in that situation anymore. So Dogs are the same and we need to just be aware of this. So I'm going to give this example. I've spoken about this quite a lot on the podcast over the last few weeks, but it's because it's given me so much great material. So I'm going to come back to it again. Um, So that's to say that I recently moved house a couple of weeks ago now. And I thought really quite long and hard about how to prepare my oldest dog for this move. So... um, Riggs has had a lot of anxiety in his life. I would say now he's not particularly anxious for for the most part. However, he's also got Addison's disease, which I've spoken about again before on the podcast. And so it's important that he doesn't get overly stressed. So I had an entire military style plan (laughs) to help Riggs to feel as secure and settled as he possibly could. So the week that I moved, he went to stay with my ex-partner, with one of my other dogs, my easy dog. (laughs) They went together to stay with him so that I could move all of the stuff into the house, unpack all of the boxes, the kinds of things that he would find potentially quite stressful, get all of his stuff out, his bed and everything, so that he came in feeling really relaxed and happy. And actually, that could not have gone smoother. I'm really happy with how that went. And he has had zero problems moving in here, which has been fantastic. But there was a lot of thought gone into how we would help him to cope with that. Changes to medication, location, loads of stuff I even thought about packing before I left and not exposing him to that too much so there was a there was a lot that went into thinking about Riggs I also thought thought quite a lot about Strudel because she was and still is my youngest dog I haven't got another one yet um just about five months at the time that I moved that is a very crucial developmental stage for young dogs that's when they're learning a lot about the world everything is still quite new to them and there is the danger of upsetting her stressing her out making her feel worried about this new event that happens so again I thought quite carefully about how to structure the actual moving day so that she wasn't exposed to all of this you know loud banging and stuff going on as things were being loaded into trucks for example I had her stay with a friend for the day. Um, I went and took her to visit the new place several times before we moved in so that she was familiar with it. Um, I had done some practice with lifts and elevators because where we live now, we have um, an elevator up to our building up to our house so I needed to make sure that she was comfortable with that lots of work went into thinking about actually (laughs) how am I going to help her to feel safe and secure I also spent a fair amount of time thinking about squid my third dog because she encountered quite a traumatic incident last year and she has been affected not 
in the way that you might think. So I might assume that she'd be affected um, in terms of how she feels about other dogs because it was an incident with a dog, but actually she's not overly bothered by other dogs at all, which is brilliant. But she is a little wary of people. So I was thinking, okay, we're moving into somewhere new. There's going to be new neighbours. She's going to have to get used to seeing new people and being in close proximity to new people. So I had lots of thought about how I was going to manage that. For example, if I was taking her out for a walk or to use the toilet, I would take her on her own and not have the other dogs with me so I could really focus on her. I thought about how to use toys and treats in that scenario to help her to feel safe. There was, again, a lot of thought that went into into thinking about her. Um, And actually, when I look at those three dogs, that sounds like, oh my gosh, like that's so much thought. But all of those three dogs, I would not say are difficult dogs. They aren't like especially not now in terms of rigs they aren't difficult dogs they're pretty easy dogs however they all still required all that thought because of their various needs that they have (laughs) and then there's Aya my easy dog I still considered her of course I did um she went to stay with rigs with my ex-partner and so I was like okay she's happy there that she goes and hangs out there all the time I thought about lots of enrichment and cheese and things like that for her but she wasn't at the front of my mind as a concern it wasn't oh my gosh how is Aya going to cope with this is Aya going to be okay I honestly just thought she'll be fine and she was fine (laughs) however there were some little things that I noticed so for the first kind of hmm, I'm gonna say two and a half weeks ish she would wake up super early. So normally she sleeps until I wake up. So if I didn't get up until 10 o'clock, she is asleep on my bed until 10 o'clock. They're all like that. It's an absolute dream. Love it. (laughs) She was waking up super early. I mean like five o'clock. And the first couple of times I thought maybe she had a bad tummy or something like that so of course I took her out to the toilet she would do a wee but nothing major like there was no desperation she didn't have diarrhea or anything like that but she was whining and it happened a couple of times and she would go back to sleep no problems um it happened for a few days and obviously I had a lot on my mind but it was it was on the back of my mind I was thinking that's a bit strange is she a bit sore has she got you know she's quite prone to tummy problems has she got a tummy problem what is it um and actually it was only after the kind of third day that I thought actually this is I don't think this is physical I think this is emotional so she was waking up going to bed no problems waking up in this new place having just had a week at her dad's having just come from her own her old home had a week there and then come to this new place and I think she was a bit unsettled so she's waking up somewhere new smelt new look new different light quality all of that stuff and she was like Mm, I feel a bit weird I'm awake I quite want mum to wake up with me and make me feel better a little wander outside might help as well and it went on for probably two two and a half weeks something like that and then it just stopped and I think it stopped because whenever it happened I wouldn't I wasn't going shh back to sleep back to sleep shh I would just say what is it darling what do you need we would go out spend a bit of time together come back in and she would go back to sleep now I didn't really like getting up at that hour I'm not a morning person <laughs> not at all um I'd lucky to fall asleep by that hour let alone wake up at that hour um but we did it for that short amount of time and then as quickly as it had come it went away again so it's just that's just an example of how actually of all of the, my four dogs she would be the one that I would least expect to feel unsettled. And actually, none of the others showed any unsettled behaviour at all. 
and she was the only one who did. Now, why? Is it because I put less thought into her, which makes me feel awful if that's the case? Is it pretty natural and normal to be unsettled moving into a new home? Yeah, that is pretty natural and normal. And was I able to respond to her needs? Yeah, I was. So the first instinct with me, and I'm sure lots of you are the same, is to be really hard on myself and really like self-flagellate myself (laughs) and be really mean towards myself but actually her response was normal the other guys did super well probably because of the stuff I put in place and maybe just a bit of blind luck but she was fine she wasn't really distressed and really worried but she was showing me you know what I'm not feeling at my best right now so it was just a really good reminder to me and one that I wanted to pass on to you guys that your superstar golden child amazing perfect take them anywhere do anything with them wonder dog can also feel stressed out sometimes and just a reminder to tune into that and respond to their needs as and when it does happen so don't forget to check in on them offer them those decompression opportunities the sniffing licking chewing offer them one-on-one time like I did with Aya and I suppose as I always talk about when we're thinking about trauma actually if we go in assuming trauma we can't go wrong because we're going to be extra kind and extra compassionate we're not talking about so much about trauma in this situation but if we go in to a behavior change assuming the dog is struggling in some way emotionally or physically again we can't go wrong because we're going to be extra kind extra compassionate extra patient so if you're not sure how to tackle something so long as you can hold that in your mind you can't go far wrong and then you're just a little bit of trial and error trying to figure out what is going on (laughs) and how they're feeling which they should be able to help you with okay just before we wrap up today I just wanted to let you know about a workshop that we have coming up soon. It's not too relevant to the topic that we spoke about today, but just while I remember, I want to let you know about it for anyone that it might be helpful for. So this is coming up on the 15th of June, 2023. Um, It's a live workshop, but it will be recorded. So if you can't make it live, it's no issue. And this is how to apply your dog's training, the training and the wonderful stuff that you're doing with your dog, two real life situations so this is a question that I see asked lots and lots and lots in the dog training and behavior world and that is you know I'm doing all of this training all of this good stuff my dog's fabulous at home but then as soon as we take it into the situation that we're training for wherever that might be training class out and about in the cafe etc it's as if we've never learned it. I'm really struggling to help them to translate that learning into real life. And this is this is natural. This is totally normal for that to happen. <laughs> Whenever you're learning anything in life, making that kind of jump from practice to actuality is hard. So in this workshop, together we're going to be thinking about some pitfalls to avoid, which can derail you a little bit when it comes to this, and some practical strategies, real actionable steps that you can go and do with your dog today, tomorrow, and the next day to try and move some of that good training that you're doing into real life so that you start to see it kind of helping you in those real life situations and with those distractions and all of that good stuff. So 
The workshops that we do at Paws Up Dogs, they normally retail for about £45, but we've got early bird discount at the moment just until the 1st of June. So they're going for just £25. So I will put the link in the show notes for you if that's something that you're interested in or you know someone that would be would find that helpful then do feel welcome to come and join us and if you want that early bird discount make sure you do so before the 1st of June okay nice to see you I was gonna say but I can't see you (laughs) thank you for being here and I will chat to you soon take care bye for now